Well, hello there and welcome to episode 25 of the Classic Rock Podcast. For those about to pod, we salute you. Yes, 25, Brian. Um, in this episode, we go back in time to 1998 for my year in rock. We have a rummage around and looking for hidden gems. And we also take a look at the best of Scottish music as it was recently Burns Night. So without further ado, here he is, the man who holds the Guinness World Record for the longest time at university. <laughs> Here's Brian. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. One Take. Mr. One Take in the intro, Rogers. Hi, I am, Matt. Just call me One Take. One Take. One Take. Yeah. Well done, you. What but, can I? Is that is that the intro tape still going? Or have you switched I, it off now? I've switched it off now. Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, what's new? What's new in the world of Brian? Um, what's new in the world? Lots going on. Obviously, last episode, if you remember, we were we were outraged oh, really? that Judas Priest, oh, yes. Judas Priest, were going to were going to continue as a four piece. And this episode, the priests have. Re- reversed their decision and Andy sneaks back in the band and they're now mm. five, five piece. Indeed, I like to think we played a part in that. I think so. I think so. They must have, someone in their organisation in the Judas Priest Empire <laughs> must have <laughs> heard our podcast and thought, hmm, it's not going down well, this four piece stuff. Exactly. Better go back to five piece. No, it's good. I think I think there was quite a, uh, quite a lot of quite a lot of disgruntled fans I think you could say because as we said last time they were a five piece they should be a five piece their sound is built on a five piece two guitar um, set up yeah and um, and so it will, it will continue so that's good so you're not in the frame then sadly you know you didn't, <laughs> you didn't get the nod and my yeah, it, obviously as you know did you buy those leather trousers just in case I, I it, you know I've got leather trousers I've got leather trousers anyway have you? Yeah. yeah. There's too much information. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you'll have to, you'll have to, you know, keep on practicing, Bri. I know? will do. I will do. Um, and you never know. You know, you might get the pull one day from someone. Yeah. Ah, but, but uh, mm. f- funny, a, seg- a segue into a band that we thought I was a member of, but obviously I never got the call, uh, which is yeah. Whitesnake. Oh, here we go. Whitesnake News, episode 575. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just, it was just um, one of the themes of the show that seems to be happening, you know, every other show is, is DC has, yeah. um, he's done the deal for his royal, uh, for his catalogue as well too, an undisclosed figure, I may yeah. add. So D- DC has let the 50 year catalogue of all of his Whitesnake and Deep Purple stuff gone. So yeah, everybody's yeah. in the act now. Yeah, I, I saw that. I assume it's just obviously his his part, his portion of the royalties or whatever you want to call it, the rights to Deep Purple and Whitesnake. Because a lot of them, of course, were written with Richie Blackmore and Moody and Marsden and Doug Aldrich and, yeah. and so on. So, yeah. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, if you've got a back catalogue that's worth $200 million, well, bring it on. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Where do I sign? Yeah. Um, I think, as you said, we should maybe start writing some songs. Pretty sharpish. <laughs> and so we'll, we'll give Sony a ring and say, look, are you interested? Yeah, here's here's all of these great songs. Exactly. Yeah. Makes makes an offer. And now that Ronnie James Dio's not here, we can we can bring back Dungeons and Dragons, can't we? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, we, yeah I'm sure we, we can, can rustle up some Dungeons and Dragons-based songs <laughs> without too much trouble. <laughs> right. No, that's the word. that's interesting. Yeah. Um, how about well, you? What's been? Like DC. Yeah. Well, what about you? So well, I've been to a few gigs. I've been to you? some gigs, and you can probably tell by my voice. I was at a gig last night. Uh, this voice is uh, from singing, <clears throat> Your Honour, and not anything to do with. <laughs> boozing um, yeah I went to see uh, well last weekend I went to see the choir boys um, who are uh, I think I put on the Facebook page always great value yeah. and, and a great show they're in great form down in Brighton um, and they were uh, supported by the Troy Redfern band they were good um, quite kind of Hendrix influence but well worth a look three piece mm-hmm. and um, and then last night I went with some friends of ours to see John, Sue, Matt, to see the mighty Saxon at uh, Hammersmith. Odin. Saxon, who's that? Saxon, Saxon from Yorkshire. 
They are they are from Yorkshire, from Barnsley, <laughs> to be precise. Um, and they were a, there was sort of mini indoor festival, I suppose you could say. Um, the Mighty Diamond Head. Oh, I might have mentioned them a couple go. of times. <laughs> they um, they opened the proceedings at six o'clock. I mean, you know, and it it was it was it was you know, it was a long night um, in lots of ways. And uh, and then followed by uh, they were great as always. Did a fairly truncated set. Uh, girls' school. Um, I saw some footage on Facebook of girls' school. They sounded really good. They were good. The problem yeah. was they, you know, it was it was as they as they remarked, they had they, no one had a sound check, so they basically all just sort of plugged in and started playing. Which, <laughs> even with your limited musical experience, you'll know is not necessarily the best thing to do. No, no. And then uh, Uriah Heep, who who I think you and I have sort of partially seen a couple of times <laughs> over the years. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I watched the entire set and they were really good. They put on a great show. Uh, Uriah Heep um, did a lot of songs in there. Back catalogue, um, look at yourself and Gypsy and July morning. Um, I'm only saying these, so you can put them on the old uh, playlist, of course. They, they were good, and then of course Saxon were were huge. I mean, they had a massive stage show. They are back on tour later on this year in the yes. UK, yeah, through November. A proper tour, like the old days. I think you're doing about I don't know twenty dates, supported by Diamond Head. There you go. So I shall, uh, I shall. Try and get on to all those gigs, of course. Um, and uh, they were great. Saxon, fantastic. When you think that they... I mean, they were formed in the mid-70s. Their first album was 1979. And they they are very prolific, very consistent, put on a great show. Um, and, um, you know, really, I mean, they're not... They're no spring chickens, bless them, but the energy and the performance was just, just fantastic. So uh, good on you, Saxon. Great night. And... Um, yeah, a lot of fun was had by all. And the new album, um, I haven't heard it yet. Um, I think you'd Can't fall off. Them. Yeah, I think you'd fall off a chair if I turned on and said, "I've heard the, I've been listening to the new Saxon album." Um, it's getting a lot of rave reviews. We talked about the covers album that that they did last year, which yeah. I was really surprised with. I think we both thought it was a really, really good album. And from what I gather with mm. Carpe Diem, what the way in which it's sounding in the production, I think Buff's been involved in the production of it as well too. It's supposed to be an Andy Sneap. Andy Sneap's pro- he's co-producing it with Biff. It's supposed to yeah. be a big, big sounding record. So. Yeah, no, I, I would I would recommend I mean if you even if you're not a Saxon fan particularly um, put on a great show go and see them and of course you get the added bonus of Diamond Head in the Nova- on the November tour yeah. in the UK I'm not sure about the rest of the world of course but um, uh, no doubt they will be um, spreading the wings further afield yeah. as things open up a little bit and then other things as well too which mm. obviously we're, we're at the beginning of the year so lots of bands <clears throat> Lots of bands are uh, teasing new material and new albums. Obviously, Saxon have got their new album coming out, but a few notable mentions for new music. Um, band, Swedish Americana band called Rike, R-I-K-E. Um, our friend Brian Heeson's a big, big fan. Um, their debut album came out in 2020, but they've just uh, released a new single. It's stunning, and it's called The Reason. Um, I'll stick it on the playlist. is really good. FM, who probably a bit like, you know, UFO and, and Saxon. Any time you go and see FM, Steve Overland is probably one of the greatest melodic rock singers of all time. Mm. Um, they've they've got a new album coming out um, called 13. Um, and they're, I think they're the debut single off Waiting on Love's coming out. And it's it sounds great. And the final uh, bit of new music for, for me mentioned was obviously in Classic Rock magazine this month they talk about the 22 things to look forward to in 22 mm. and obviously I was quite chuffed that King's X got a mention in, in Classic Rock yeah. um, about the tour this year and lo and behold Ty Tabor who is the guitarist in King's X has just announced his um uh, up and coming solo album so solo album Shades coming out um, he's released the single called Sister Genocide and uh, it is fantastic if you it, it's Ty Ty is a guitar player um, and as a singer you know he's one third of King's X so it sounds a bit King's X but he goes when he, his solo material is quite Beatlesy, quite power pop and it's riff laden great stuff so lots and lots of good music coming out and, and the final one Beth Hart Beth Hart's got um, a Led Zeppelin uh, tribute album come out and she's just released yeah. Black Dog. So 
it's good. It's nice that people are putting material out in hopefully the likelihood that they'll be able to get it in tour later this year. So yeah, absolutely. lots going on in music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've heard a couple of songs of that Beth Hart album, and it is yeah, it's good. She's a great singer, and she's doing those uh, those Led Zeppelin songs justice, as you as you would expect. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, that's all good. Of course, we can't not uh, mention the fact that um, earlier this year, in the last couple of weeks since we recorded the last podcast, uh, Sally Meatloaf died, uh, seventy four. Um, I mean, a huge, huge talent in every way, of course. Um, you know, the Bat out, out of Hell album remains one of the greatest and certainly the, one of the, the best-selling albums of all time. 40 million copies sold um, of just one album, which is just incredible when you think about it. And um, I, I would imagine most people that listen to this podcast will either have a copy uh, or have, have had a copy. I think we've got two, one on vinyl, one on CD. But yeah, I mean, a sad loss. He'd been ill for several years. We talked about uh, this sort of um, kind of feeling when uh, when Dusty Hill left us last year. And mm. that, you, you know, someone like Meatloaf, he's always there. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us grew up with, you know, we, we, we were ch- children of the 70s and 80s. And Meatloaf was there. You know, the Battle Hell album, the Dead Ringer album, the work with Cher, um, the uh, I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> Um, is that what it's called? Yes, I, I think so. Anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, we never really found out what that was, did we? Um, <laughs> probably just as well. But yeah, sad loss. Sad loss. Any meatloaf memories for you, Brian? I remember we talked about this on the show. Um, the very first um, uh, patch on the back mm. of my denim jacket as I was walking around Lumber Valley. Was strutting your stuff. Strutting my stuff was the Bad Out of Hell um, mm. album cover. That was that was. I think that was what I was allowed to have on the back of my um, uh, back of my denim jacket. Mm. His best work was with Jim Steinman, you know, mm. um, and and you can see where when Meat <clears throat> when Meat was going out in the eighties and and not singing or not recording um, Jim's material. It just wasn't. I, I remember the album Midnight and the Lost and Found. I, it was on the whistle test. And obviously, mm-hmm. you've got Kiss alumni and Bruce Kulick and Bob Kulick were both in, yeah. in, in, the, uh, in his band. Yeah. And he always had great musicians um, meet. But mm-hmm. it just didn't hit the heights of Paradise by the Dashboard Light and, and Bad Out of Hell and Heaven Can Wait. Uh, on the flip side, whenever Jim recorded the, the album himself, uh, the, the kind of Bat 2 album, which he sang on, nobody wanted to buy it because, it, so you, you kind of, the mm. both of them were, they were just meant to be together. Um, mm. I, I, my abiding memories of, of Meat, um, I never got to see him live, which is a shame because he seemed, he was one of those artists who every time he did a tour, he seemed to be, he, he left it all on the stage, sometimes to yeah. his own, detriment where he would collapse on stage with you know complete exhaustion i know famously he played in newcastle in the 2000s and he came out on stage and i think he lasted maybe two or three songs oh, really um and then there's there's an excellent uh, documentary called in and out of hell <clears throat> yeah yep. and you get a little bit of a an insight into his his regime you know he he's warming up good two hours before the show he's doing vocals he's doing breathing techniques he's just he 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 was one of those singers he just didn't he just didn't rock up and have a you know a a drink of a drink of beer and out on the stage he was very very serious about his craft um because he was a performer he's a musical theater you know with hair and and obviously rocky rocky horror show there's there's not many people who commit themselves on stage as a front man you know he's not freddie no. Um, um, but in his heyday, I think um, you must have said. And I was going to say, you, 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 you've talked a few times about um, nineteen eighty three and going yeah. to Monsters of Rock. So you would have seen him on that. I did. Bill. Yeah, what, I did see him. How was I saw he? Me, yeah, it was a strange. Um, he didn't go down very well, if I'm honest. No, eighty three. Right. He was kind of sandwiched between, I think, Dio and. Uh, Maybe Twisted Sister or something like that. I right, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, it's Easy Top, I think. Um, so he was, uh, yeah, I mean, for the kind of um, 
fairly metal audience of download or Donington 80, Monster Rock 83. Yeah, he didn't. I think he, unfortunately, was showered with bottles, which is quite quite sacrilegious, really. It really is, um, yeah. There were people on Facebook saying, oh, now that he's died, I feel terrible about throwing a bottle at him in 1983. I thought, well, you shouldn't have done it in the first place, should you? But uh, well, they were, they were as we've t- we mentioned loads of times, those those festivals were carnage. Um, yeah. Like the Somme and, you know, plastic bottle wars. I can't it's imagine just, ever doing that. I, I it's one of, I just can't imagine going to a gig and mm. ever even thinking about chucking something at a performer or a musician going, I just, I, I don't know, just beggar's belief. Well, it sadly happens, doesn't it? It happened a lot in the 80s because, you know, just people could take their own booze in and plastic bottles and, you know, I mean, I, 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 and you used to see like, you know, giant cans of beer flying through the air I and mean, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. And famously, of course, Def Leppard got... Uh, we've, gone off, we've gone off a tangent, of course. Um, As is our want. Def Leppard got famously um, bottled off at the 1980 Reading Festival. And you think, Def Leppard, meatloaf, why are you... How can you... How dare you bottle off? Yeah. <laughs> but it became a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were bottled off. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were rubbish. So we got we bottled them off. <laughs> Terrible when you look back on it. But luckily that, that seems to have disappeared, that that, uh, that trend for bottling off. Well, but, wait, wait, um, I, suppose, I suppose when you think about it in, in comparison now these days, um, the, uh, the, 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 um, the polite way or the political, politically correct way of doing that is, is obviously Britain's got talent. So you press a button with a big red X. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, Argh. Get yeah. off the stage! You're 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 off the stage. Whereas in the 1980s, if you were at Donington, it was like you just got stuck. Can you imagine yeah. Simon Cowell chucking a bottle? Of- <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's, right. it's not happening. Anyway, meatloaf. Yeah, yes. sad, sad <laughs> loss. And um, as we've said with many others that have left us, uh, of course, they've they've left a huge legacy, which. Yeah. Um, um, Oh, we'll we'll live long, yeah. and um, hopefully for a very long, very long time, people will be enjoying the music of Meatloaf. So, what's happening in the world of um, of podcasts? Not this podcast, of course. We know what's happening with our wonderful podcast. What's happening in the world of Neil Young and <laughs> um, and Joe Rogan? What's going on there, Brian? Because I'm kind of it's, it's sort of come and it's kind of grown out of nothing that story isn't it yeah it's um i think neil well neil young um neil young he's not back with it coming forward when he's not when he's unhappy though is he, he's neil not young? he's not at all and it, and it can be with his former bandmates i think he's i think he basically does he not just go around crosby stills nash and young and just fall out with everybody uh, you know mm. it's it's their turn no um um i, I believe that uh that uh joe rogan um, does a rel- you know he does a he does a relatively um, you know wouldn't be as big as our podcast but he's you know he's he's relatively well known in America. I think he's America. got well as big podcast, doesn't he? He has, which, which I was surprised about because I I thought I thought well, thought well, you were up there. <laughs> well, it's but it's no, like two hundred. No. Is it like is it like two hundred million downloads a month? <laughs> oh. Oh, he's a bit. He's a bit bigger than ours. Then. He's just, a bit bigger than ours. Bit. Yeah, I I, th- I think I think basically Neil. Uh, Neil, Neil isn't Neil. Basically, put an ultimatum to Spotify. It's either you can have you can have Joe or you can have me, but you can't have both of us. Mm. Um, I think there's been a. I think he's made made some comments on his show um, to do with the vaccine or COVID, and Neil has successfully um, Spotify have removed. Um, Spotify have removed all of Neil's music and Joni Mitchell, who's obviously a fellow Canadian. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Laurel Canyon alumni, uh, yep. she's asked to do the same. Um, I, I think what was in, what was uh, Apple Music couldn't help themselves <laughs> at the point where at the point where um, Neil Young's music had been taken off Spotify. Apple Apple Music's marketing team went into overdrive and said, "Apple Music, the home of Neil Young's music." <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh. Um, well, he doesn't need the money, does he? Because he, he, um, yeah. he famously didn't he sell his one of the, he was one of the first to sell his, his back catalogue. Yeah, for, what was I don't know two hundred million dollars or a billion dollars or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I can't remember now. Um, yeah, you know he's 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 going back to the seventies. Always kind of stood up. Well, way even the sixties. You know he, he he was if he wasn't happy happy with anything, he would um, 
you know, we talk, speak about it. You know, going back to Ohio, the song from, yeah, yeah. you know, 19, whatever it was, 68, 7 or something like that, you know, through yeah. to Southern Man and, and you know, he's falling out with Barkley Card. Do you remember that a few years ago? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and, we were know, there. I was there. I went to the yeah. show. <clears throat> and, uh, well, you know, talented guy though, New York. Of course, fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a fantastic career. Anyway, that's enough about Neil Young. Yes. Um, so new, that was news yeah. and, and another you know, assorted waffle. Um, <laughs> unless there's anything else, Brian? No, there's wanna... nothing. Not, no, there's, uh, there's no more assorted waffle. We've done all of the news. Indeed. Well, that was good. Um, so. <laughs> I, can't, we can't, I can't say it's a hashtag assorted waffle. It's a hashtag assorted waffle. Assorted waffle time. Yeah. Assorted waffle. Yes. Right. Um, that's trending now. I can, I can sense it already. That's trending. The hashtag assorted waffle. Yeah. Anyway, where were we? Um, so last time yeah. I set you the task of talking about year 1998. Yes. Quite important years for me, actually. I've got, to, I've got to just mention my daughter, Georgia. She was born in 1998. Oh. So I became a father for the first time. Hello, Georgia. Hello, Olivia. Hello, Sam. I've got to name shit all of them, you see. Um, <laughs> because otherwise they, uh, they, won't, they won't be very happy. In fact, my, my daughter, Olivia, was. she said, I, I, I enjoyed the podcast. She said, I prefer Brian. Actually, I thought I was charming. <laughs> <laughs> she said, um, she, she was listening to it. I've got, I'm not going to embarrass her by telling this story, but she won't mind. She said, I was listening to the, to the podcast before I went to sleep. I couldn't get to sleep because I was laughing so much, so much. which must have been your, your, your gags, Brian, I imagine. Um, I think not. you are her favourite. Um, anyway, so 1998, yeah, important year for me. Um, but over to you, Brian, yeah. your year in rock. Nine, my year, I was 29. Were you? I, was I wasn't going to ask. I sort of lost track, actually, what what age you were when. Were you? Were you? Dare I ask? Twenty. You must have still been at university, of course. I then. was. I was still. I was. I was probably doing my About halfway through. Were you? Yeah, I was doing my masters in procrastination at that point. Mm. Yeah. How did that work out for you? <laughs> I, I'm. Uh, I'm still talking about it. Very good. I said so. I just all about your gags on this thing. Um, Wait, 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 1998. 98. Um, 24 years ago at the moment, unless you listen to this podcast in three years' time, <laughs> in which case it's 27 years ago. Um, 24 years ago. So, so, so that's be- right, isn't it? It is, yeah. it is. But, yeah. but better than, I have to say, remember, do you remember the last show uh, when, I, when I turned around and you said, so who did you go and see and such and such? And I went, I went to two gigs. Mm. I, I was much better in '98. I have to say, so, really? so I think not to any. I checked it out. I think not to any. I think I must have been preoccupied with, um, you know, changing nappies and exactly. you know, stuff like that. Yes, impending uh, parentum. and that was fine. Every minute. Anyway, where were we? So, '98. Over to you, Brian. Yeah, I'll do gigs first. I'll do because mm, I, I, I had some. I had some tumultuously amazing gigs uh, in oh, really? 1998. Yep. Yeah, I remember going to see um, Thin Lizzy. <clears throat> Uh, I saw Thin okay. Lizzy. Yep, Thin, I saw Thin Lizzy at the Forum. They got back together in '98, and they did a couple of uh, uh, they did a couple of shows. John Sykes was fronting the band. It was the closest version of Lizzy without um, Phil in it in the band. They had Mark, yeah. Marco Mendoza was playing bass at the time, mm-hmm. um, and John Sykes. It was it was John's first outing uh, really as as the band. They played the Forum in London. It's the only time I've ever been to the Forum. I lo- I really liked it as a as a venue. And two things I remember: I got the last T shirt in the merch. Really? Uh, yeah, I got the last T-shirt, and I still have the T-shirt to this day. And we met Yannick Gers. Oh. Yeah, I was there with my mate Stephen, and we met Yannick. And you've never met a nicer bloke. Yannick was standing there as a Lizzie fan. He was just like, he was mm. standing there chatting away. Um, we, uh, we bought him a pint of Guinness, and he was just the most affable chap. And you know the way you're, you're standing with somebody really famous, and then you're kind of going... Do we stay with Yannick Gares here at the outside the merch stand in the bar, mm. or do we go down into the throng and get into the mosh pit with the Lizzie fans? Mm. So we left Yannick and we went. Uh, no, was he okay with that? He was okay with that. He, he, he couldn't turn around and say, "Oh, well, lads have gone. Hey, lads have gone. Let's get on with them." Yeah. Seemed right. So, they, so that was that was saying that that for me was was uh, saying that was the, always <clears throat> that was the first time I saw Lizzie. 
I never oh, really? got to see, yeah, I never got to see Lizzie with Phil mm. on Fort Singh. So that was a that was a great gig. Um, but I got to see um, Jack Bruce and Gary Moore. They played in So Shields, um, mm-hmm. and it was one of the, probably the loudest gigs I'd ever ever seen. Um, Gary Moore was just uh, it, um, mm. it was kind of the BBM album, the Baker. Uh, Baker, Bruce Moore, or maybe it was Bruce Baker, whatever it was, BBM mm. put out one album and obviously it didn't last very long. Ginger was out of the band and I got to see them in a little club in South Shields and they blew the roof off the place and they were, they were great. Um, and it, so that was, that was fantastic. That was probably the two standout gigs. Musically yeah. wise, 98 was an interesting year um, for me. I will kick off with, um, with King's X King's X um, released their seventh studio album um, called Tapehead. Now, everybody, any, anybody who knows me and they know how much of a King's X fan I am, after Dogman, um, the, the, a few of the album releases that they had um, um, that came out probably didn't... I would say there was a return to form on, on Tapehead. Tapehead's a great album. Um songs like Happy, Cupid, Hate, you know, there's there's some really, really good songs on it. Um, so that was, that's the first one off in 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, another album, which which I think is, I think you may have, you may either have had this artist as one of your hidden gems or an album really? that you, is Richie Sambora's um, Undiscovered Soul album. I know you liked the debut album, which was, is mm. a Strangers? Strangers Town. Yeah, um, I, the so in '98 he released a second solo album. It was produced It was produced with Don Was. The lead-off single, which was called "Hard Times Come Easy," it's just a cracking uh, American. Uh, you know, um, just it's just a good. Uh, it's a good pop rock song. It's a good Bon Jovi song. Um, yeah. But "Hard Times Come Easy." Um, uh, the title Ma- track's a killer as well, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Made in America. It's just a really, really, really strong album, and mm. because Don Was is producing it as well too, it, it's it's it shows Richie of of the singer that he is. I think a lot of people, obviously, Richie as a guitar player is well renowned, renowned in the on the Bon Jovi space, but as a singer, I think when you get John and and um, John and Richie singing together a lot of the harmonies they were great. So Undiscovered Soul, I'll stick I'll stick a couple of tracks on it. And then the the other album that I'll shout out in nineteen ninety eight was I seem to be a massive fan of John Karabi. So I think um John Karabi obviously um was you know, latterly has been a, the, the lead singer in the Dead Daisies before he uh before Glenn Hughes um yep. is now the bass player. But but um uh, John Karabi had been in uh, Motley Crue, so whenever uh, John parted ways with Motley Crue, and Bruce Kulick, who we mentioned earlier, who was in Meatloaf's band, Bruce Kulick was in the '80s version of Kiss. Yep. Um, so in '96, whenever the original Kiss band got back together, when Peter Chris, Ace, who we'll get to see at Steelhouse later this year, which I'm very excited about. Um, so when the original Kiss got back together, uh, it was like, you know, Bruce was at a loose end. So he put together a band uh, with John Karabi. The album, the band was called Union, the, their debut album. It's of the era of the, it's got a nice Hendrixy vibe to it. It's quite grungy in some bits, which suits, um, you think of the opening track, Old Man Wise. The first four tracks in the album, I'll put a couple of tracks on it, um, but as a, an album that came out, um, I, I, it was one of those, I, I listened to that album a lot in 1998. It was just, you were coming out of, gr- you were, grunge was, grunge was probably dying out a little bit, wasn't it yeah. really? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, the main, the main grunge bands were, you know, Pearl Jam were probably being a little bit more, the sound was changing. And I mm. thought I thought the Union album was probably just coming in at the back end of grunge, and of course I think they they lasted a couple of albums. So that was that was kind of my ninety eight for a, f- a few of the big albums and albums I still listen to today. If I'm being honest, you know I do yeah. listen to Richie, I do listen to the I, I love John Crabby's voice. He's one of the gr- great rock singers. 
Um, so that was 98 for me. What about you? Any, any big... Um, well, you know, there were some good albums, you're right. Um, talking of Pearl Jam, um, they brought out their Yield album, um, which is, you know, as we've said before, very prolific. Um, some great songs on that. Given to Fly is an absolute... Um, uh, well, one of the greatest songs Pearl Jam ever done. So please, please do us all a favour and put that on the... Uh, on the uh, on the playlist playlist please bright yeah the playlist I almost forgot what it was there thank you are we still are we still working with Spotify <laughs> mm. <laughs> I guess I guess we have to really oh, yes yeah we we I, I haven't fallen out with Joe unless we what we could do we could burn a CD for it, of, of the playlist and send it to all of our twelve listeners one each how about that um, except America yes. <laughs> Across the match, isn't it? Okay. Um, no, I'm, I'm joking. We'll put it on the um, we'll put it on the on the old playlist. Um, another album that came out that year, and I quite enjoyed digging back to these these years because you remember, obviously, the, the times and the, the albums. Uh, Metallica brought out Garage Inc. All right, um, which is uh, I mean, it's a good album. It's it um, it has. It's a covers album, essentially. Basically, most of the bands and acts on there were favourites of theirs or influenced them. Um, I won't mention the fact that they, they put four Diamond Head songs on their album because they were big fans of Diamond Head. I won't mention that. Um, Thanks for not mentioning that. I won't mention it. No, I'm not going to mention that. But um, Whiskey in the Jar's on there, the uh, Thin Lizzy slash traditional folk song. Uh, yeah. Mm. Which uh, I actually really like the version they do on that. I know you probably don't as a as a purist. Um, Tuesday Gone is a is a, obviously the Leonard Skinner song. Yeah, not obviously, but it is. Um, my 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 personal favourite on the album is Turn a Page, the Seeger, Bob Seger track. That's phenomenal uh, version. Their yeah. version is just because Bob Seger's song is well, it's, it's Bob Seger, but yeah. Metallica really kind of metal it up. And um, yeah, Turn the Page on that album is just great. And um, true story actually. Brian Tatler was able to pay off his mortgage with the royalties. Um, I think he bought himself a house or something. Uh-huh. So um, I don't know how I know that, but I know it. And um, do you know somebody who we haven't mentioned? Who? Sir Vivian of Campbell for a while. Uh, true. True. Yeah. How, how is Vivian? Vivian's yeah. okay. Vivian's very good. What made you think of him? Because... Um, Killing Time. It's a Sweet Savage song, of course. Which, which is a Sweet Savage song written, uh, one of the writers of that was Vivian. And I think, I think uh, is it somewhere involved? I think I think there's an expanded version of Gary Zink or certain B-sides and stuff. But I do know that uh, Sweet Savage get reasonable patronage from Metallica and Ray, mm. Ray, um, Ray has, has, has appeared with... Uh, Metallica, as Brian Tatler has as well, too. So there we go. Connection to Vivian. Yay! I know. Yeah, that's what we like. We're only seven, was it? Seven degrees of separation from Vivian Campbell at any given time. (laughs) And Maiden brought out Virtual Eleven. And I've got uh, neither of them. (laughs) Which was one of the two albums they did with um, Blaze Bailey. Yeah. And um, some good good songs on that. Actually, still they still do the Clansman, which is on that album. Um, in uh, well, in, in in the Bruce Dickinson, the current era. At least they did they do it a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Um, a, a monster nine minutes fifty three seconds. The Angel and the Gambler. Um, yeah, some good songs. I think I was thinking about this. The the, the Blaze Bailey era of Iron Maiden. It's a bit like when Judas Priest. Um, well, when Rob Halford left Judas Priest. It must be quite awkward for the person who's come in. So Ripper Owens with Judas Priest and Blaze Bailey with, with Maiden. Because you're kind of thinking, you know, am I, I'm the new guy. Uh, does anyone like me? Are we just, are we just waiting for the old guy to come back when he's ready? You know, and of course, in both cases, that exa- that's exactly what happened. Um, and also, you know, you could talk about John Karabi, similar, similar situation in a way when Vince Neil came back to Motley Crue. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, the, the output, the couple of albums they did, X Factor and um, The Virtual Eleven, really good. You know, well worth a listen. And, um, you know, he's not Bruce Dickinson, but he's, he's Blaze Bailey and he, and he did a good job on those two albums. Um, what did else you, is there? Did you, ever get yeah. to, did, did you ever get to see that version of Maiden with no, Blaze Live? No, never, 
No, I, no, I never saw Blaze Bailey. I saw Pordiano, and I saw I've seen Bruce Dickens a few times, of course. Yeah. But no, I never saw Blaze Bailey. In fact, he was supposed to be playing um, at a festival I went to before Christmas, but COVID got the better of him, right, and I was I was quite uh, quite disappointed about that because I would have liked to have seen him. Still got a monster of a voice. Still a you know great performer. Yeah. Um, but um, and then finally, um, a band that we haven't mentioned. Uh, Surely not very much, very much at all uh, in the last. Uh, 20-odd, whatever it is, 25 episodes. Um, System of a Down brought out their first self-titled ST album called System of a Down, strange enough. Uh-huh. And um, it's... Uh, <laughs> System of a Down, one of those bands that... Um, I mean, they're very metal, very heavy, um, but they're quite quirky as well. Yes. And um, they're really good value... Uh, I've never seen them live, but I've seen plenty of footage and I've got the albums and everything. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know which one of these to choose actually, because you never know with a System of a Down album. Um, Spiders. Let's go with that off of that album. Okay. Um, and if it's got some bad language in it, I apologise in advance. Okay, thank you to our underage listeners <laughs> <laughs> and my kids. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I do have a. Um, I do have a hidden gem, which I shall hold back. Oh, are we doing that now? Uh, we, we're, no, oh. no, no, we'll do that later because there's a big build-up for that, of course, as you know. As you do. We're all looking forward to that bit, but we'll come to that in due course. And the other thing, uh, talking about events in 1998, um, Rob Halford, uh, singer of Judas Priest, came out as gay in uh, 1998. And I remember at the time thinking, okay, fine. Yeah, you know. actually, that's exactly what it was. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's good on you for making it public, but everyone, you know, was fairly certain that he, he is gay and, and, you know, good on him for coming out and making it public. And um, and obviously he's uh, he's moved on back into Priest since 1998 and um, goes from strength to strength. Very good on social media, Rob Halford, by the way, of course. Uh-huh. Um, but enough about Judas Priest. But I remember that. Uh, I came out on MTV. I think he didn't mean to actually... Um, uh, actually mention it because you know I don't think I think he was concerned about the reaction from the fans of course but I don't think I'm part you know a very sort of silly minority um, I'm sure most well, I'm certain most fans were like great you know bring on come back to priest yeah. so that was 1998 from my perspective okay um, um, so next time. Oh yeah, you, I always. I always you were that bit. Oh, yeah, she was struggling then, weren't you? I could yeah, sense yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I, I, I pick a year for you now. So. That's that's yep. That's how it works. That's how it works. So we've got a few left. Right. So I'll give you a year now, Matt. So the year okay. I will give you mm-hmm. is two thousand and one AD. A rock oh really? Odyssey. Okay, a space odyssey. Yeah, I've um, never seen it. Never seen the film. Ah, oh. well, it's good. You should check it out. Yeah. It's. Uh, it stood the test of time. Stanley Kubrick, I think it was about 1968. All right. Um, and uh, all about HAL, of course. The onboard computer. Exactly. Um, yeah, check it out. Anyway, so 2001. Thank 2001 you 2001 for much. you next, ne- next time. Next, next time. Next time. We'll so, do. Okay. So, as you know, um, we always like to celebrate with our listeners all around the world when it's special special days and special occasions and special events. So in Scotland last week, it's kind of in and around, we've got Burns Night, which mm-hmm. is the celebration of the life and poetry of Robert Burns, or as we know him here, Robbie, Robbie Burns. Mm-hmm. Um, so an author of many a Scots poem, and please do not ask me to recite any of his poetry. So in celebration of... Uh, I know one actually. I know one. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to tell you. So isn't, isn't there? <laughs> in 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 honour of Robbie Burns' uh, um, night here in Scotland, we decided that we would celebrate Scottish rock music, Matthew, and pick yes, pick yeah. some of our favourite um, Scottish bands through the years. Which wasn't mm. too difficult, was it? No, no, there's uh, some great, great acts over the years. And of course, we would ask our listeners, if you, um, if we've overlooked anyone, yep. feel, free to, uh, feel free to let us know on uh, Facebook and Twitter at FT80Pod, of course. Exactly. Who are you going to um, kick off with then? Who's your, who's your... So, 
Uh, I think we go back, start maybe back in the sort of 70s. Okay. And work our way forwards. Yeah. Um, when I was young, I remember the Alex Harvey band on <sighs> um, on Top of the Pops. And Whistle the, Test. And Whistle Test. Indeed. Oh, an amazing version of Delilah. Absolutely. On Whistle Test. Yeah. Um, Boston Tea Party was their hit, of course. Um, the Healer. Framed. That's a good song. Mm. But yeah, I mean, they were, they were, um, they were kind of, uh, I suppose you call them rock, the sensational Alex Harvey band, but with humour as well. Mm. And, uh, and sadly, Alex Harvey left us quite young, uh, only in his early 50s, unfortunately. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, one of, one of the finest exports of Scotland, I would say, uh, the, um, the Alex Harvey band. Memories of Alex Harvey band, right? Um, for me, Alex Harvey, I will always remember watching Delilah is one of those, uh, tracks I remember on Whistle Test, but the Faith Healer, mm. I, that's probably my favorite, um, Alex Harvey track, but I think what's the, le- the legacy or the interesting, how I got to Alex Harvey was through some of the, uh, band members. Cause the Alex Harvey band, obviously, um, Chris Glenn and Ted McKenna mm. were in, the Michael Schenker group. And then obviously um, Ted McKenna went on and played drums when Rory Gallagher went more rock in the late Top Priority album. Ted played mm. the drums in that. Um, so there's quite a lot of... Um, and then obviously Zal Clemenson, if you remember. I was I remember watching... It's the scary things that you, you remember watching. You know, I was, I was scared of Doctor Who and the music mm. of Doctor Who. I was also genuinely scared of Zal Clemenson when he was in his Joker outfit. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was quite sneery and whatever. So th- that would be my memories of Alex Harvey, but um, c- very critically acclaimed. And I think as a live outfit, they were incendiary. You know, they were just, he was, he would have been in that sort of musical theatre, but probably, can I say meatloafish in terms yeah, of yeah, perf- really performed it? Wouldn't, wouldn't, mm. wouldn't have been the most am- amazing of operatic singers, but he, 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 he was committed to his performance. So yeah, great band, Sensational RV, RV Band. Mm. How about you, going back in time? Uh, going back in time, I the the band the band that uh, again in the seventies, and this was a band that uh, was just formed up the road from me in Dunfermline, um, which and it, I thought he had an amazing voice, and not many people cover Nazareth. Mm. You know, Nazareth. Uh, Dan McCaffrey is just a phenomenal singer. Obviously. Um, uh, connections with Deep Purple, and I think Roger Glover um, produced some of their early materials, but obviously their seminal album recorded in 1975, which was called Hair of the Dog, which yeah. is the, the title track, and then they also did the cover version of Love Hurts, yeah. So I think yeah. if, if you if you were buy if you were buying rock anthems, <laughs> rock anthems in the in the seventies and eighties, every, every compilation mm. a- album had either "Love Hurts" or "Blinded by the Light" by the Man from Manzurk Band. True, but he True. he was he was a great 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 singer, um, Dan McCaffrey, and he's seventy he's seventy five. He's obviously he's he's retired from Nazareth now. Um, and he and he mm. plays now and again. So um, certainly in these parts in Scotland, uh, Nazareth are very well held in high regard as one of those. But I suppose mm. they never really made it. But not yeah. really. No, yeah. I mean they were they were quite successful in the charts. Mm. This flight tonight, of course, was um, was a big hit. Yeah, and as you say, love hurts. You know, you'd see him on top of the pops every few weeks. Um, yeah. But yeah, Dan McCafferty. I mean, he was he was that kind of. Bon Scott, uh, Jimmy Very. Barnes, kind of grab-throated um, singer. But, I mean, yeah, a unique. In a word. I mean, you could compare him to those guys, but a unique style in himself. Yeah. Um, and uh, as you say, no longer with, with with Nazareth, but, yeah, again, a great, great legacy. So what of ACDC, by the way? <laughs> sort of Bon Scott. Ten, ten, so, well, it's not a tenuous link. Well, not not really, but I mean, I, I would I would say I think it's, I think ACDC themselves is is tricky one because in the in the seventies, um, I mean, they were formed out of Scottish uh, expatriates uh-huh. went to Australia. Um, bon Scott, Ronald Belford Scott, uh-huh. was born in Kiramuir, which yep. is 
not too far from you. Not at all. And the reason he was called Bon is because he was, you know, kind of scored in Body Scotland because he was, you know, so Scottish, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the Youngs were uh, emigrated to Australia when they were very young. Um, so I would, I would, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because, you know, they are traditionally um, linked with Australia, but certainly they had Scottish heritage. And I think, you know, if you're Scottish, you probably uh, stake claim for ATDC as being one of your greatest exports. Yeah. Um, and you've only got to look at that uh, footage from Glasgow Apollo that was the basis of the um, for those about um, if you want blood album. Yes, and uh, you know they're, they, they're they're in their Scottish football shirts and um, you know very patriotic and very dear to their roots. So um, yeah, I would say um, with some justification you could add ACDC to that that Scottish the best of Scottish list. It, it bolsters up the roster quite well, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It does. It does. But there were so many other other so individual performers. Uh, I mean, you've you've mentioned a few thousand times on this podcast that you're a fan of Thin Lizzy, and of course Brian Robertson, yeah, um, famous fellow of of Glasgow, I think Brian Robertson. Yes, Robbo, uh, also in Motorhead, of course. Um, briefly in the early 80s but uh, an amazing guitarist I mean he he joined Lizzie at quite a young age wasn't he he was only in his early 20s when he was I think it's earlier than that Matt I, th- I think I think Brian Brian Robertson joined Thin Lizzie when he was 17 wow and he yeah. actually came down he, he, he wasn't a guitar player he, he originally was a drummer is that right? Yeah, he's he was a drummer first, and then he he, he switched over, he switched over to guitar because I think at the time, obviously Eric Bell had Eric Bell had left Thin Lizzy, and and Phil Lynott famously sort of said, "We're not going to get ourselves in the position where we're you know if the guitar player goes, we can't gig. Therefore, you get two guitar players, um, you know Scott Gorham and Brian Robertson. Brian Robertson was he, he was definitely seventeen when he. Uh, when he came down to Glas from Glasgow to audition for Lizzie, and he was a precocious young man, and and got Sounds the gig. Like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you can't mention Brian Robertson without looking to Frankie Miller. Of course, <sighs> what what, what a, a what a voice. Yeah, it's um, Fr- Frankie Miller. Obviously, uh, he's best known. Uh, he's best known for uh, he 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 had an album. 1977 uh, called Full House. Obviously, mm. for those people who, um, you know, uh, his, his one of his big singles would have been Darling, you know. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. But but he duetted, he duetted on the Thin Lizzy and the studio version of um, Still In Love With You. Um, mm. he, he sort of co-sings it or duets it with Phil Lynott. I I can't go past... Uh, I mean, we, we we talked about it when we were talking about the Thunder um, live album and mm. at the at the Brooklyn Bowl. Mm. Be good to yourself, is yeah. just. <laughs> um, yeah. He's just a phenomenal singer, and mm. uh, you know he was recording. He he as a writer, you know, obviously it was probably in the late seventies. Matt was when he was at his peak as a, as a singer and performer. But in the latter years, he was more of a songwriter. Uh, wrote lo- a lot of his material went into country. So he was writing for the likes of the Bellamy Brothers. and But people like Bob Seger, Rod Stewart, he obviously, at the time, in the 90s, he was planning to put a band together with Joe Walsh. So Joe Walsh is a big, big uh, fan of, of Frankie. Uh, and I know when they've done tribute concerts for Frankie, um, I think it was '92. They were they were putting together a band, and then obviously, um, sadly, uh, Frankie had a brain aneurysm, and obviously he's now um, uh, he's not able to speak and he's obviously not able to sing. But he is thought of very very th- fondly as as kind of like a blue eyed soul. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, simply, it's that it's that rasp of the voice, you know. It's that Dan McCaffrey, Jimmy Barnes, yeah, Frankie Miller. Just uh, you know, he, he's just up there. He's phenomenal mm. singer. Not many people cover "Be Good to Yourself." Do it well. No, no. Well, Thunder did a good job of it. I do. Writes. Yeah, t- t- hats off to Danny. Danny, this uh, he did a really good job. So yeah, great, great singer, Frankie Miller. Um, Don Airy, and of course, young Neil Murray. Who is actually Scottish? I I'm still flabbergasted by that. I know they are. They are both some Scottish. Well, you met Don Airy, haven't you? 
Um, was it? <laughs> you, you bumped into him at the bar in Brixton Academy. A chicken foot, yes. Chicken foot, yeah. And what did you say to him? You're Don Airy. Yeah, I did. I did. And, and, yes. And is, that, is that all you're going to say on that on that subject? Uh, well, it was it was more the fact that we were at the merch stand. <laughs> we were at the merch stand, and I was, and it was just Don and I at the merch stand, and I'm like going, "You're Don Airy." And then I just that as as you do, the best way that I can tell Don Airy that he's Don Airy is by reminding him so, of, of all of the bands that he's been in. <laughs> yeah, I bet you enjoyed that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Guy Moore, he, he, MSG. He have, yeah, you may have forgotten he was in Rainbow. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then, of course, I'm then trying to convince the young girl in the merch stand. Uh, whenever, whenever Dawn's trying to Dawn's trying to pass over his well-earned money to the to the girl for the chicken foot top that he was buying, I kept reminding her, uh, kept saying her, "You do know who this is?" Do you do? And she's she's maybe twenty, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she's going, "Who?" <laughs> Embarrassing, Matt. Yes, well, you know, me and celebrities. Yes, indeed. Um, what about going about? What about? Uh, and about so we've done the seventies. Any any, yeah. any bands in the in the latter days of the eighties, nineties? Well, worth, worth? I mean, one that stands out is Gun, of course. Great um, band, we've seen plenty of times. Yeah, um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's quality output over the years. There are a few changes in in lineup uh, over the years, um, but yeah, I mean, they've done some great stuff. They're, they're renowned for their their covers of course, their cover of uh, <sighs> World Up, which is a we should do a probably best covers. It shouldn't be best cover version at some point, but certainly their version of that. Um, Better Days is, you know, a great song as well. You know, they've, they've done some great stuff over the years. Saw them a few weeks ago. Um, they, were on, they were on a high because Scotland had just uh, qualified, I think, for the um, playoffs of the World Cup, I think it was. Uh-huh. So they, they were on a high that night and they and they, they showed it. They did some great, they, they are a great band and they, um, they've done some good stuff over the years. Yeah, no, they are a great band. And another cover that they do, uh, and it's it's one that one that I've covered as well too, is the they do "Everyone's a Winner" by Hot Chocolate, <laughs> and, do. It, and it's a cracking version of it. Really, it's really mm. ni- nice, heavy, heavy version of it. Um, the probably the the biggest band to ever come out of Kilmarnock would be my next uh, next next band to shout out, which is Biffy Clyro. Um, I've been lucky to see B- Biffy a few times. Um, they uh, obviously the the big single that came off um, that they're I suppose renowned for is "Many of Horror," mm. which I th- which I think w- was that, was it one of the X Factor or Pop Idol. You know, oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and yeah, they you, murdered it. They <laughs> murdered it on the X Factor, didn't they? That's right. I remember. You sort of go, sorry, uh, you know, um, yeah. What, here's here's a great rock song. Um, but anyway, the the I'll put I'll put some their their double album opposites is phenomenal. It's one of my favorite albums of theirs. So I big big fan of Biffy Biffy Clyro. Really really good. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah. No, go from strength um, and bigger than people imagine. I mean, it was headline download um, once or twice. I saw them on the same bill as the Foo Fighters at Milton Keynes back in 2011. Yeah. Uh, very reluctant to wear shirts on stage, <laughs> I seem to recall. Come rain or can sh- come shine, they're just there, bare-chested tattoos. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, good band. Yeah, good sound, good band. Um, coming a bit more up to date, um, we... Uh, We've seen Mason Hill several times. Yeah, yeah. good young Scottish band, um, and um, also in the same vein, although they've been been going a little bit longer, is King King. Now King King are um, essentially a Scottish band, uh, fronted by um, Alan Nimmo, who's yeah. a great singer, very much in the sort of dare I say the David Coverdale, you know, bluesy um, mould. But yeah, lovable, larger than life character. Always plays, always plays in a kilt, um, and uh, yeah, great guitarist, good singer, and they've done some great stuff over the years. I mean, you know, songs like um, songs like Rush Hour. Oh mm. God, put that on the on the list, please, Brian. Noted. I will. I will not fall. Um, uh, never give in. Um, oh, they've done some great songs. Waking up. Um, 
So yeah, King King. I mean, again, a, 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 if they're on tour, which they they will be on tour this year, I imagine they've got a tour plan. Go and see them, yeah. you know, because so, uh, they are they they put on a great show. And um, yeah. we saw them, we saw them with Europe, didn't we? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. a few years ago? Yeah, that was yeah. an eclectic, wasn't it? Um, Europe and King King on the same bill, but um, yeah, good 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 band as well. Um, we've overlooked Fish. Brian, we should have mentioned Fish quite early on. Of course, one of the um, still going strong um, from the uh, from the from the eighties when he was with Marillion. Yeah. Of course, yes. uh, you like a bit of fish, don't you? I love a bit of fish, yeah. especially on a Friday. Indeed, yeah. Well, it's a traditional day, really, <laughs> isn't it? Um, I, yeah. I yeah, fish, fish. The, the yeah, I, that that early again. I've always said it. Uh, the Marillion period that is my favourite period is the Hogarth period. I like all of that. That's when I got into it. But the more that I go back into the back catalogue of Marillion, you know, Misplaced Childhood is just, it's a masterpiece. I know you've got Kaylee and, you know, the big singles and stuff, but as a, as a work of, as a work of, a collective work of an album, it's, it's probably one of Marillion's complete pieces it's i could listen to that album the whole way through and it's just his delivery it's you know sometimes fish can just spit out lyrics you know that's sort of, you know he's 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 great again great performer um, mm. so you're gonna put something on there from uh vigil in the wilderness of mirrors no doubt my yeah. personal favorite from his, from his recent catalog is a song called man with the stick okay well man the stick um Check that out, and he's and he's he's adapted his voice. As I think we said before, actually, yeah. the older he's got, he's adapted his voice and his style, and he's and he's. Uh, I think he's coming towards the end of his career. I think yes. um, the uh, probably the Val Schmertz album that he released in 2020 will be probably his last, I would imagine. But um, I would say so. Yeah, he's left a, a great legacy, and um, yeah. if you again, if you get a chance to see him. Okay. Um, well worth, well worth checking out. Bit of a bit of a character. Went to a meet and greet with him once, actually, when we were in Marrakesh a few years ago. And he is, um, he likes he likes a cigarette. I don't know if he's given up now, but he, he did sort of chain smoke through the entire meet and greet. And he's very, uh, he's very liberal with the old F-bomb. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, that, he's a very likeable character. Well, not apart from that, he's a very likeable character. But yeah, check out, check out Fish. And my final one, if you don't mind. Uh, of, I, no, of, I don't mind at all. Uh, final, final, I could not do a list of Scottish bands without mentioning this band. Because at a time, I thought this band was the greatest live band about. And that would be Big Country. Mm. I, yeah. I Big Country were one of those bands where, as a headliner, and I probably saw them in clubs and theatres, you know, City Hall, Hammy O type, you know, sort of smaller theatres. Yep. But then if I went to a festival or Slain and it was David Rolling, you know, Rolling Stones or whatever, they were always on the bill and they always put a great show on. And, and Big Country to me, um, whether you class them as a, they, they got rockier late, oh, yeah. later, laterally in their career. You know, probably the rockiest single that they had was King of Emotion, which was on the Peace in Our Time album. Um, but Big Country were, as a live act, uh, th there was a time when they were just untouchable uh, mm. for me as a, as a band. So uh, for, for any of our listeners who uh, have not... Uh, haven't listened to any big country. I'll, I'll check them out. They're, they're, they've, they did some fantastic stuff. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, that was the best of Scottish. Best and there's some good acts in there. Yeah. Um, probably we, we've probably missed one or two out. So if you think we have, yeah, uh, please drop us a line or um, ping us on Facebook or on Twitter at ftat pod. We need a few more followers on Twitter. So um, you know, maybe it's time for you to come and. Boys and girls, to come and follow us on Twitter at FTAT Pod. Um, so, Brian, we uh, we come to the part of the show, which, uh, if we're honest, most people just you know they just fast forward to this when they listen <laughs> to it. Um, I told you about little old lady who stopped me in the street recently and said how much she enjoys uh, this part, how much she likes you, of course. Uh, well, it's... Uh, they yeah. all seem to like you. I don't know what it is. It is. Um, I saw someone yesterday and they said, yeah, yeah, to my face. They said, no, no, I, I much prefer Brian to you. I said, oh, it's charming. <laughs> no, it's, it's just lovely. 
don't know. I don't know what I've done to upset them. Exactly. Well, it's it's like the monkeys. You know, I, I'm Davy Jones, and you're you're Mickey the Lens, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I hope you said Mickey the Lens then. <laughs> I'm more make Michael Naismith. I was going to say you are you, the you're the you, you're one. the studious one. You're and, and, and I could, hat. you could you, you could you could rock a woolly hat, couldn't you? Absolutely. Okay, here we go. Okay, hidden gem time. <sighs> the main event, indeed. <laughs> um, well, what you got for us, Brian? Oh, so it's me going first. Oh, it's always the, you first. It's, it's always me first. So twenty-five <laughs> episodes, and it's always been you first. Ah, okay, okay. A track by a band called Hubastank. Do you remember Hubastank? I uh, I do. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of in that post-grunge alternative rock. It was kind of around the um, late nineties, early two thousands. So you had your. I suppose you were talking about Symptom of a Down. Uh, Symptom of a Down. You'd had Corn, even Nickelback, mm. Three Doors Down, all of that, all of those bands. So my hidden gem is Hubastank's album, which is called The Reason. Um, yeah. It's an absolutely phenomenal track. Um, it just it came out in two came out in two thousand and uh, two thousand and three. Um, obviously, the title track, The Reason, um, it peaked at number three on the US Billboard. I'll stick it on the playlist. Hmm. But my favourite track on the album is a track called Disappear. It is just, oh, just when it came on the playlist, I thought, I haven't heard that for years. Hmm. And I just I just dove, uh, just dove straight back into the album. And yeah, my hidden gem for this episode is the Hoobastank album. Uh, released in 2003, The Reason. There you Very go. good. Yeah, yeah, good song. I, I remember The Reason. That's a great song, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, look forward to that. Yeah, as you say, nice to hear them again. Hoobastank. Yep. Hoobastank. What a name, eh? Well, who thought of that? Hoobastank. Yeah, yeah. Well, having said that, <laughs> talking of strange names, um, my hidden gem for this time, uh-huh. episode 20, uh, 25, is the third album by a little old American band called Hootie and the Blowfish. Now, I have mentioned Hootie and the Blowfish a couple of, Blowfish a couple of times. I can't even say it, but I mentioned it. I have mentioned Hootie and the Blowfish a couple of times. Yeah. I've been a fan of theirs since the mid-90s. And this album came out in 1998, which, if you recall from about an hour ago, yeah. is, uh, is your year in rock for this year. And the album in question is um, an album called Musical Chairs, uh-huh. which is probably my favourite album by... Hootie and the Blowfish. I yeah. told you it was, they are an odd, they have got an odd name themselves, of course. Um, Favourite songs, I Will Wait, mm-hmm. uh, Mich- Michelle Post, which sounds a bit Gos- Crosby, Stills and Nashy, uh, but still good. <laughs> Only love... <laughs> Crosby, Stills and Nashy. <laughs> Hashtag Crosby, Stills and Nashy. Um, and uh, Only Lonely. Oh, gee, what a song. Um so uh, and what's going on here which is one of the sort of latter songs in the album yeah. I mean I couldn't name the whole album but those those uh, three or four songs are absolute gems um, so uh, yeah Hootie and the Blowfish Musical Chairs from 1998 I will do you remember them do you remember that album not at all I no, I, I, no. no. Hootie Hootie and his Blowfish just passed me by I'm, obviously Only Only Wanna Be With You is the only song that I know of Hootie and the Blowfish I know you're a big fan I, I will well yeah they are I mean the classic Americana aren't they really they just kind of tapped into that whole kind of zeitgeist in the, in the mid 90s kind of you know four guys band formed in, formed in college um, good solid kind of you know uh, non-threatening rock songs a little bit of kind of political <laughs> non-threatening well they're not exactly system of a down are they um but uh you know and and in some cases it's kind of political edge um okay yes it's a good song i mean i say hidden gem they probably sold about 50 million copies that album but um yeah i'm going for anyway from 1998 musical chairs there we go that's 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 it that's it Hidden gen time. Oh no, I'm sorry. You've, you've copyrighted. Well, that. you can you can try. I don't think you can you can do it quite as I, well as I, I can. I can't. No, no, it's, no it's, you can never it's, go there. No, it's your thing. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, so that was it, Brian. Another yep. one. Yep. Another one bites of dust. Another one. Show twenty five. So Van Sank. 
Yeah. We're doing the best of French next time, then. <laughs> we're doing, next time, we're doing, a, we're doing a, a St. Valentine's Day special, aren't we? We're doing... <laughs> We've even seen, we've even started to plan in advance. We're so we're getting so good at this. So slick. <laughs> so the next the next um, podcast in a couple of weeks. It's a David Coverdale special. It's all it the songs. It, it's my songs about it's, love. It's 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 the love episode. <laughs> it's the love episode with that. I'll be talking like David Coverdale the whole way through. Um, it's in Valentine's Day. <laughs> Anyway, where were we? So that's, yeah, that's the next time. Anyway, till then, exactly. um, one thing to say, please leave us a review on um, Apple Podcasts. We've had a few, we've had some nice ones recently, yep. thank you. Um, please follow us on Twitter at FTATpod. And, um, but in, in general, just keep listening and keep telling us what you think of the show and, yep. and, and all that. I still, I, need, I went, they went back to Tony Omi then. Let us know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> We'll uh, we'll take it on board. Yeah, and we and we do the face we do the Facebook thingy powered by Meta. It's now the, so uh, That's yeah, right. yeah. It's nice. yeah yeah indeed. Uh, so yeah, we're on Facebook um, as, as well too. And as Matt says, um, you can check us out there. Uh, Kelvin is looking after all of our social media on Twitter as well too. Yep. Um, I suppose uh, that's us, mate. That's a wrap. Good to see that you. Is. That is indeed. Yeah, you tell a friend and uh, go and have a lie time. down. Go and have a lie down now after your yeah. hijinks out last night, seeing seeing Saxon and all the mm. and Biff's all of Biff's pals. Yeah, yeah, it's good night, and I I am paying for it today. Exactly, but uh, it's it was well worth it. All right, my friend. Thanks everyone for listening. Take care of yourselves. Be safe, and we will speak to you all soon. Take Bye care for now. Bye now. For those about to pod, We Salute You is a Maylie Rogers Media Production.